Welcome. I'm Halcyon and this is Hug Nation. Today I want to talk about travel, trees, and humans. I just returned from a two-week trip through eight states, five national parks, one vortex, and a whole bunch of roadside gas station bathrooms. There are some books that I have been reading that were very significant to how I experienced this trip. One was a book called The Overstory and the other a book called Sapiens. The Overstory is about all these different people's lives who are intertwined. A group of the people in the book come together to become eco-terrorists to try to save forests. And their journey of appreciation of the natural world, specifically trees, really affected me. And their, the author's description of trees affected me and really hit me hard. And as my partner was planning this trip to see national parks, which I was not so interested in going, I was very stuck in my stay at home world and the idea of going out to the open road and being around people possibly and in the heat of the summer, I just did not sound right to go do that. And then I read this book where I read these description of trees and was like, I feel like it's a sign. I'm supposed to go, I mean, called to the trees. So I agreed to go. I agreed to go before I did any research on the section of the trip that I signed up for, which was uh, Sedona, the Grand Canyon, uh, Zion and Bryce Canyon. Those are gorgeous places, but not known for their trees. They are known for their rock formations and canyons and stark treeless landscapes. But by that time I had agreed and off we went. The other book, Sapiens, is about the history of humanity, of, of mankind, of humankind. And I have not finished it yet, but the beginnings of the book, the first couple sections, are, are tough to read because they, they demonstrate the tendencies of homo sapiens throughout history uh, to take and manipulate the natural world in ways that do not take in consideration the balance that all other organisms have to, to follow the rules of, of the natural world, but humans. Uh, Mike, our, our friend and guide in uh, Jackson Hole, taught me that beavers are the only other mammal that uh, will alter their environment besides humans. However, when a beaver makes a dam, it enhances the environment. It creates these pools that allow for more diverse uh, biodiversity and more species to thrive. I don't think humanity has a history of benefiting their environment for other species. So these two books were in my mind as I was experiencing the natural world and, and it, it did affect the way I saw things. So we were not the only people with the idea that it would be a perfect time to go out in the world and see nature. I'm happy to report that most places we went in the parks, fellow tourists were wearing masks. 
if there are a lot of hikes where you are passing single file or even having to move to the side of the, of the trail to let people by. And that was one of the, the more difficult experiences of this entire trip, was really having to experience what human interaction is like in the time of COVID-19. Before the trip, I was pretty isolated. I did some grocery shopping, had a lot of things delivered, but very minimal interactions with people. So this was the, by far the most people that I've interacted with in the last four and a half months. And I, I have to be honest, the mask wearing experience was difficult. And I don't mean it was difficult to breathe. I meant that it was difficult to encounter other people without the benefit of seeing each other's faces. I have visited very few national parks in my life, but I have enjoyed many sunsets and gone to areas where I appreciate the natural world. And one thing that I've always enjoyed is when I do that and I see another person on the trail or appreciating the sunset, there's this kind of like camaraderie, like, yeah, we get it. We see the natural beauty. We got off the computer or we turned off the TV and we went out here to see this beautiful thing. This kind of nod to one another. I assume it's maybe kind of like when two motorcyclists see each other, like, yeah, we get the open road. Or what I experience when I meet a fellow burner or someone at Burning Man where I'm like, yeah, no matter what else is going on in the world, no matter what our backgrounds, our racial struggles, whatever our economic things that separate us, politics, vaccine opinions, whatever separates us, in these moments of motorcycle waves, of sunset sharing, of burner connection, we have this feeling of camaraderie and we know we have that shared. And in this moment, in this time, we feel connected. And so it was a special kind of tragic to have that feeling greatly reduced with a pandemic going on. And so as you're approaching someone on the trail and one of you had a mask or two of you have a mask or, or I, you know, you put it up or you put it down and you're trying to figure out what you want to do. You have to go through this whole like mental negotiation in your head. Like, okay, why are they not wearing a mask or why are they wearing a mask? Do they think this is a political statement? Do they think that I'm a sheep because of what I'm doing? Do they, do, or because I'm not doing this? Do, do, are they thinking this is a political statement, what I'm doing? Or did they just forget their mask and that they didn't realize they were going to pass people? Or possibly have they done this scientific analysis and think that because we're outdoors and simply passing as we go through the trail, that it's just a low risk activity and not worth adjusting our behavior. And so that's a lot to like figure out as you're passing people. And so most times you tend to pass in silence and not eye contact, not have that connection of like, yeah, we are appreciating nature. We have that in common. And I really missed that. I missed it especially because it was the opposite where we all knew that each other's presence was increasing our risks. We were potentially dangerous to one another. And I know that that's always the case. You know, every human being is a potential illness that you could catch, but psychologically it's way different right now. And so, I mean, I tried to say hello or hi or good morning. I tried to be optimistic and, and just put out that olive branch of connection. 
And usually when I did, people would respond. But if I didn't say anything, we almost always passed in silence. And, and then it would get in my head like, okay, if I am saying something as we pass, I'm actually increasing the droplets. You know, do people hear my voice and go, why did you talk? Why didn't you hold your breath? Like, how dare you say good morning to my child as we passed each other on the trail? Don't get me wrong. Every place we went, I'm happy we went. Everything I saw, I'm grateful for seeing. But I am, the, the experiences that I enjoyed the most, that I had the most spiritual growth, transformation, uh, adjustment from, were when I had some space from other people and I didn't have all of that baggage polluting my experience. Especially as I'm reading the book about humanity's history and about eco-terrorists who were moved to that, that passion because of how much they have seen uh, and of, of, of mankind, humanity's um, behavior destroying the natural world. And so even as I'm in these places where protecting nature, I am aware that where we don't protect it, we destroy it. And it, it really made me feel like, oh wow, national parks are, are the zoos for trees. We have to protect these things so that we don't destroy them. Meanwhile, we're destroying so much of it that we're affecting the, the, the ecosystem of the planet itself. And it's really hard not to think about the Matrix line when Mr. Smith, humans are a parasite. Yeah, we kinda, it's kinda obvious, right? We're kinda obvious that we're destroying the host. If we can become aware of our parasitic nature, the instinct to protect all human life at all costs seems kinda silly. As we are adjusting our behavior in these dramatic ways to make sure that as few as humans as possible die, but we do not adjust our behavior to protect the lives and species and delicate ecosystems of the planet, it just reinforces the skewed value system of all the cultures of the world throughout humanity because I like to, to, to have this idea that it's just you know late stage capitalism that is so guilty of, of greed and destruction, but that's not the case. There are cultures that are less abusive to the natural world than others, but the ones that survive, the ones that, that, that make it tend to be pretty brutal. I won't say I've changed my attitude about everything, but I've changed my attitude about everything. And I don't know where that leads. I find myself hungering for more natural experiences. And I find myself hungering for more natural experiences that are not in the kind of protected diorama exhibits of the natural parks. I'm thinking I might reach out to people around the country and say, would you show me your favorite watering hole, your favorite hike, your favorite meadow? Because as much as I like the grand things that we saw, the little things are amazing too. I think as humans, we get caught in that thought of like, what's the coolest, biggest thing? I remember being on a, a, a tour in Costa Rica years ago and the, the guide kept trying to show us 
monkeys. And everyone on the tour is like, oh, are we going to see monkeys? Where are the monkeys? Where are the monkeys? And I'm like, we're in a freaking rainforest. Every square inch of this place is a miracle. And we're walking right by all of this amazingness because we're so focused on seeing the monkeys. And I feel like, you know, some of the favorite, my favorite things I saw were the, the, the trickling streams, not the towering waterfalls with the viewing area and the crowds of tourists. I'm hoping to integrate more trickling streams into my future. And as I feel the connection of these rivers, rustling water, the, 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 the color palette of dark rock, white rapids, blue sky, green lush trees, like that hits me in this way. When you are in that moving rapid river cycle and you can sense like, oh, I'm in the middle of this pulsing heartbeat veins of God and it's all life thriving, protecting each other, working with each other. It's all just, it's, and it's been that way way before humans and hopefully we'll survive way past humans. And as you're in that cycle of perfection, it's like, wait, humans can't improve upon this at all. And so if everything is perfect, why am I so concerned with my to-do list? Returning to the, the state of observer, to returning to awe, seems like a far more important use of energy than productivity. So it's a weird place right now where I am, I'm feeling exceptionally pessimistic about humanity. But so in love with the natural world. It's weird, that doesn't feel dark as I say it, but it sure sounds dark, doesn't it? And it's especially dark in the context of a pandemic when we're trying to protect all these human lives as I'm trying to justify the presence of so many lives in the grand scheme of the natural world. I believe that humanity is infected with a progress virus. There was a time when we lived in a far greater experience of balance with nature, pre-agriculture. Once the progress virus hit and we wanted b bigger, better, more, which has really exploded in the, the modern world, um, we are the parasitic nature of, of our behavior got to the point where it is in, in, in infecting the host, Mama Gaia, the organism of the earth, in a, in a deep enough way that it is sick. And I think that is one of the reasons why plant medicines are becoming so widespread is because of a organism's reaction to sickness. And the rainforests of the world are like the bone marrow producing white blood cells of the body of the earth. And so these dormant plant entheogen technologies are now being sent out into the world to try to heal the progress virus that has infected in so many humans. And so people who have been caught up in, in, in bigger, better, more at the expense of the environment because they've lost into their connection have experiences with entheogens and suddenly feel like, oh, I am connected to all this. And the behavior then becomes much more difficult to destroy this thing that you are connected with. Now, is the body sending out its white blood cells at a rapid enough rate to, to beat this sickness? 
this pandemic of progress virus within humans that is infecting the planet. Maybe we can hope. So from this dark state, I return to Crapper Cone and focus and trying to limit my awareness to the things I have control over, limit my focus to the things that are causing me awe and have trust that that will lead me to the behavior that does good in the world in the way that it needs to be done, whether that is social justice or environmental or just raw kindness to a stranger I pass on the trail. <sighs> Thank you. I love you. Hey, sign up for my newsletter and I will send you free access to my two short films. One is about Burning Man and one is about my grandfather. List.hugnation.com and you get free access to both those films. <laughs>